Good evening. Welcome to Beijing Diary. This is Eric, uh, but I'm not in Beijing right now. I usually come to the Western Mountains in the summertime to get away from the the uh, punishing Beijing summers. Uh, Kunming is not quite as high as some of the areas I've been up on the Tibetan Plateau. In fact, this is not actually the Tibetan Plateau. It's uh, it's called the Yungui, the, the Yunnan Guizhou Plateau. It's a little bit lower and a little further south. It's same elevation as Denver, same latitude as Honolulu. So it's uh, warm, but uh, not uh, sultry, and it's cool at night. Anyway, I wanted to uh, I get uh, conti- basically continue uh, the discussion. I started out uh, in the previous post about uh, forced marriage uh, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to show an extreme example of an arranged marriage. My point is that arranged marriage has a broad spectrum. It's not, all arranged marriage is not forced marriage, that's my point. It's not so common in America but much more common in Eastern cultures. When I was a child in the community that I grew up in, all marriages were arranged. Uh, a marriage that wasn't arranged would just be unthinkable. I, I don't know of a single example of people who got uh, married that it was uh, that you know where it wasn't wasn't arranged. Sometimes by parents, but in the case uh, of the people I knew, they would go to the pastor. In fact, uh, Dad uh, arranged several marriages because they didn't want to marry someone who wasn't a believer. Sometimes the parents might line up, some, up with someone who wasn't a believer, and that uh, they didn't want to do that. So, uh, the, what I what I want to talk about is and clarify is, you know, how do you determine whether arranged marriage is, uh, you know, how, what is the was the condition for arranged marriage in the Christian context? So that's why I use that extreme example and I showed that video by the way as uh, you might have trouble with it's an old uh, video on uh, from frontline world and uh, it's not available on YouTube but although there are other uh, videos us dealing with the same subject on YouTube uh, several of them but you might get an error message because it requires flash if you do you can just click on the error message and enable flash usually usually that's what I do and it and it works out but it's not absolutely required to watch the video. It's just that I, I wanted to use that example, and I have used this example several times with students. And then I would ask them, could you accept this? So I was talking about this once with some of my students, uh, with a class of students, and I asked one young lady, what would you do? What would you do if you were kidnapped? And she said, I would run away. And if I couldn't run away, I would kill myself. So I turned to another young lady, a uh, young lady from uh, Inner Mongolia. I said, how about you? She said, well, if that's the way it has to be, I would accept it and learn to love him. So two very different perspectives. Uh, and I would always tell students, you know, I'm a Christian, and we Christians can never accept this. We can accept arranged marriage. But there's a condition for arranged marriage. 
It cannot be forced. And so the the biblical example for the pattern, I, I guess I should say, for arranged marriage is in the 24th chapter of Genesis where Abraham sends his servant to find a wife for Isaac. And uh, he he meets Rebecca, he, he goes to the place, you know, and he, he says, okay, if the if the lady, I'm going to ask the lady for some water, and if she says, you know, I'll give you some water and also for your camels, then I'll know she's the one. And, and of course, that's what happened, if you know the story. I'm not going to read it. You can read it if you want to. But there's just one line in that chapter that I want to focus on. Because he went then and spoke with her father, and they all, you know, negotiated and so on. And then they turned to her and said, Will you go with this man? That's the key point. That question has to be asked before you seal the deal, so to speak. And she said, yes, I will go. Now, why would she do that? Well, you know, you have to use a little imagination, I suppose. She grew up in a maybe a little bit of a rough community, and through her growing up here, she's saying, one of these days I'm going to have to marry one of these guys. And then along comes this guy and uh, wants her to marry a prince. I mean, this was the son of Abraham. Abraham was an absolutely colossal figure, you know. He's a colossal figure for us, but he was then too. So it was an extraordinary uh, opportunity. But the decision was hers. And this is a key point. Now, the movie, uh, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's an old movie called Fiddler on the Roof. I would say it's the last great epic film that Hollywood produced but in that movie with the oldest daughter you know he he makes an arrangement with someone in the town the guy who's a very successful merchant and uh, and then his daughter finds out about it and she uh, she's just horrified she says oh please don't make me do that and she ends up marrying the tailor that was her friend and that she really loved and that nobody really took seriously and her father, to his credit, went along with it. He found a way to get out of the deal. And I say that to his credit, but <laughs> even though he did the right thing in the end, he still screwed up because he should have asked her, will you go with this man, before he agreed that that guy could marry his daughter. That question has to come first. You know, That's really, really important. Uh, so... Well, when we when we think about this, you know, Americans tend to react to arranged marriage. You know, that, because because America is a very uh, independence-oriented culture. When I ask Chinese young people, what do I ask them? What do Chinese people believe? But I also and I've got an example of that on a podcast. But I've also asked Chinese people, what do Americans believe? They say freedom, independence. You know. <laughs> Uh, Chinese young people are taught to be oriented towards society. We sacrifice our needs for the, the good of the society, good of the community, good of the family. Americans tend to be very independent, so arranged marriage seems uh, almost horrifying to some Americans. Uh, but, you know, the American way, if you look at the statistics, doesn't work that well. Americans arrange their own marriages, and the success rate is not very good. So it seems to me that in every culture there's a need for arranged marriage. Now, I came to America 
I'd been in America when I was I was in America when I was in kindergarten, first grade, but moved back to America when I was 13 years old, and I pretty much knew that we were going to be staying in America. We weren't going back to Japan, and so there was this program on TV called the Dating Game. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, you know, it seems to be the antithesis of what Americans would want, arranging relationship. Now, I don't know how much I thought through thought through philosophically, but you can imagine someone coming, like me coming from a, a culture in the countryside of northern Japan where every marriage was arranged to America where people aren't supposed to believe in arranged marriage. But, you know, you notice that in every culture there's some arranged marriage. And even now today, uh, uh, now with computers, you know, people will use uh, Internet to matching services and so on. There's some arranged marriage in every culture. So arranged marriage is not bad, but there's a condition. Will you go with this man? And so if, the, uh, if, the, if that condition is met, then it can be a good thing. So I just... For example, say there's a man and his wife and their daughter, and they arranged for some guy to come and for her to meet him, and no, she doesn't like him, and they arranged for her to meet another guy, no, she doesn't like him. And then this young man comes along, and she seems to be, you know, friendly to him, and, and the father's thinking, oh, man, I don't know, how, how many are we going to have to go through? <laughs> and uh, later he's talking to his wife, and he's saying, what are we going to do with her? You know, she doesn't like anybody that we bring in. And his wife says, oh, don't worry, she'll accept this one. And he said, really, did she tell you that? And his wife says, no, but did you see how she looked at him? You know, see, they, they'll, they'll get along real well. So he goes to his daughter and he, he says, what do, you, what do you think of him? And she says, well, I would like to meet him a few more times. Could I do that? And, and he says, sure, I'm sure we can arrange this. You know, so this kind of thing is not uh, not bad, and it can, can actually be a very good thing. But, you see, it can slide into, uh, closer to the, to the level of a forced marriage very easily. So some parents arrange for their daughter to meet some guy, and uh, afterwards, what do you think of him? No, I don't like him, but he's very rich, and we are very poor. He can really help us, you know. The pressure starts to build. And so what is not really, what they don't think of as a forced marriage really is, is, is there's a lot of pressure there. Now, what I see in China today, you know, in the old days, uh, uh, there's a book, uh, I wrote a review for it, and if you look in the top right corner of my my blog there, on Blogspot, the uh, the book reviews, there's one of, one of the books I reviewed is called Mao's Last Dancer. And in that book, he talks about his parents, you know, they didn't, they didn't see each other until their wedding. Their wedding was completely arranged. Uh, that's rare today. I um, remember a number of years ago, I was at a coffee bar and one of the waitresses, a very nice young lady, and she said she's going back to her hometown. She said, I'm going to get, get uh, married. And I said, oh, really? Yeah. Who is this guy? And she said, well, I don't know. I haven't met him, but he's very handsome. <laughs> so um, that's really rare today. What I see, but there's still pressure. What I see today more is parents telling their, their children, please find someone, please find someone. 
you need to get married, you know. I remember when I was teaching at Beihang University, I had uh, undergraduate students and graduate students, and and uh, one of my graduate students saying, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm 24 years old and I'm not married. And I said, 24? No big deal. <laughs> yes, but my mother's telling me to get married. And I just, I just want to tell parents, you know, don't do this to your children. But I see a lot of that in China. Parents putting a lot of pressure. But it isn't so much, you know, marry this person. Just please find someone. <laughs> uh, so in China today, it's, it's sort of a mixture. Uh, there isn't really the formal arranged marriage like there used to be, but there's uh, the idea of the, the, the residual... Uh, elements of it are still there. Oh, I got a phone call several years ago from a friend of mine. She said, there's a very nice lady. She wants to meet you and, and talk about marriage. I said, talk about marriage? And I didn't <laughs> met this lady. And uh, I said, I'd be happy to meet her. I'm always interested in meeting new friends. Uh, but I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about marriage with someone I never met. You know. So she said, okay, I'll tell her. And a little while later, she called me back and she said, my friend said, if you don't want to talk about marriage, she doesn't want to meet you. I said, what? <laughs> you know, I don't want to be your friend. I just want to marry you. <laughs> I, I just thought it was strange. But as I look back on it now, having lived in China now for 15 years, uh, I, I understand a lot better because... I'm just guessing now. She's probably a middle-aged person, hasn't gotten married... And, you know, a lot of times a woman would just marry anybody just so she can say she has a husband. They don't really, I mean, they might live in the same house. Sometimes they don't even live in the same house. But they just, the shame of singleness is just really, a, uh, it's pathetic. But anyway, so, you know, this woman wants to find a husband and she doesn't want to, you know, be wasting her time with someone who isn't serious. So now if someone calls me and asks that kind of question, I just say, no, I'm not interested because it's not fair to that person. Um, but so the idea of arranged marriage is still very much in the minds of people because that's the the the, uh, the history and the culture. But but young people today seem to be a lot more independent, and I'm sure that's true in Japan also. I had a uh, a class of students uh, several years ago. I used to, uh, at Christmas time, you know, young people in China just don't know anything about Christmas. They've never never heard of, I mean, they, they know, they've heard the word Christmas, and Christmas Eve is a, is sort of a uh, night for people to go out to eat. Uh, you know, I went down to a restaurant on Christmas Eve, and I said, well, what time do you close? Said, oh, we're open late tonight because it's peaceful evening, you know. Pinganya, that's Christmas Eve. So it's a time to go out to dinner, you know. They don't really have, know the meaning of it. So I uh, I told my students the story of Christmas. I went through the Gospels and just listed 20 facts of Christmas, printed it out, gave it to everyone, and I went through each one of these, and I just, everything chronologically, the whole story, from beginning to end. And then the next time, the next period, I said, okay, now you're going to pick one or more of these uh, facts, pick as many as you want, as few as you want, whichever ones you want, and make a little skit. And they divided them up in groups. And, uh, you know, the young people are very creative. In China, they're, they're really good at that. Uh, 
just amazing what they come up with. And uh, so one group of students got up there, and uh, I guess I must have mentioned that uh, Joseph was a little older than Mary, uh, and they had it figured out that it was an arranged marriage, which it probably was. I didn't say that, but that it probably was. Because if you look in the Gospels, uh, in the third chapter of Luke, list the genealogy, and it comes down to Joseph, but it's actually the father. There's Mary's father. So it's actually the genealogy of Mary. Very likely he married a, a daughter, oldest daughter in a family with no sons, and so became the son in that family, the oldest son in that family. So it very likely was an arranged marriage, I, I, but we don't know that. So anyway, the uh, the student playing the role of Mary uh, starts out the skit by saying, Father, how could you do this to me? <laughs> and uh, then the student playing the role of her mother says, Be strong, Mary. I was younger than you when I got married. <laughs> So the, the the idea, the concept is there, but uh, it, it, it tends to be a lot more independent now, and uh, so predictably, the divorce rate is is climbing in in China. In fact, I would say skyrocketing. I don't know the exact statistics, but you know, in the old days, you could get divorced, but it was really uh, a chore. You had to go through your dumb way, you know, your work unit and get the special permission, now you can get a divorce in 30 minutes. It's much more independent. But So so this is an interesting thing. Now, in the Bible, the Bible does not teach that marriage should be arranged. It doesn't say, you know, that's the ideal way to do it. It doesn't say that uh, that's the best kind of marriage. You have both. If you read the Song of Solomon, that's not arranged marriage. And, of course, the book of Ruth, uh, you have a situation where Ruth proposed uh, to Boaz, not the other way around. Now, she did it, you know, very much at the encouragement of her mother-in-law. So there was some influence there, but uh, she went to his place at night. Can you imagine? <laughs> and proposed to him. So you have all kinds of, uh, of examples in the, in the Bible. The Bible doesn't teach one specific as, as being the ideal, but the condition is there. Will you go with this man? So, I, when I uh, when I look at it, we you know we see a lot of, and uh, in, in, not so much in America. Although the thing that's happening in America is that they're pretty much dismantling marriage. More than fifty percent of the of the uh, babies that are born today do not have a legal father. They have a father, of course, but they don't have a. The parents are not legally married. In China, if you're born and you don't have a, uh, your parents are not legally married. You don't have a father. You don't have a hukou. You don't have a residence certificate. You know, you're in China. You have to have a residence certificate for a place where you're, where you live, where you, and it based on where you're born. And people come to Beijing. They want to get a Beijing hukou, and that's very, very difficult to do. Uh, you can live anywhere you want in China. Young people can go anywhere and get a job, but they get married and have a family. They want to put their kids in school. They have to send them back to their hometown because they don't can't you can't send your kids to school in Beijing if you don't have a Beijing hukou. So if you if you were born in a out of wedlock in China, you have no hukou. You have nothing. It's almost like being stateless. 
But that's the thing I see in America. And then, of course, now with uh, this bizarre situation where men don't want to be men and women don't want to be women, you know, the blurring of gender. So marriage is, is really, really being uh, dismantled. Uh, the, the pivotal decision was the gay marriage decision by the Supreme Court. And after that, uh, I was reading an article about a throuple, three women who got married to each other. <laughs> Oh, man, where does this end? And I was reading the comments, which I rarely do because unmoderated comments tend to get trashy, but some lady from India had written a comment. She said, either marriage means something or it means nothing. You know, God gets to tell, decide what marriage is. God gets to define marriage. Nobody else gets to define marriage. You show me a, a society in history that has redefined marriage and survived I defy you to show me a culture in human history that has redefined marriage and survived. You won't be able to find one. When you when you redefine marriage, it's over. Now, that hasn't happened in China. China's not gone that far. But the divorce rate is pretty high, I have to say. So there's some ominous signs, but, but China still has a strong family commitment. So uh, one of the things, to extend that... Uh, the idea, one of the things I've discussed with students is cross-cultural marriage. You know, and the question is, would you marry a foreigner? I just give them this question. I said, next week I want you to come up here and tell me, would you marry a foreigner? And I could tell that most of them, probably all of them, had never been asked such a question in their lives. And uh, so, you know, they had a week to think about it. And this one lady gets up there and she says, well, if I, if I marry a foreigner, what if he doesn't like Chinese food? And um, another young lady, uh, she got up there and she said, uh, if I marry an American, I will have to drink icy water in the winter. <laughs> Can you just see that picture? Ah, uh, what are you complaining about? You're an American now. Get over here and drink your icy water. And quit your you know, <laughs> in America, you go in a restaurant, they will serve you ice water, but they don't stand there with a gun to your head and make you drink it. Uh, Chinese people like to drink hot water. And uh, I was talking with my Chinese friends, and I said, okay, you guys convince me. In the wintertime, it does make more sense to drink hot water. But can you explain to me the logic of drinking scalding hot water in the middle of the summer? <laughs> so Americans drink ice water in the winter, and Chinese people drink hot water in the summer. Uh, although, if you go in a restaurant in the summertime, you can get cold beer. Beer is the Bing Shui of China. It's the only way to get ice water. And if you're in the countryside, you want to go to, you want to get cold water. You in a restaurant, have to order cold beer. Anyway. Um, one guy got up there, and he you could see he just really agonized about this. I could just picture him in his dormitory, you know, thinking, would I marry a foreigner? And so he got up there and he said, for my heart, I say yes. But for my family, I say no. And that is the, uh, you know, that was the sort of the breaking point for him, just would I marry a foreigner? Why not? But how about my family? No. 
just wouldn't work. Um, another young lady got up and uh, she she was not there was not a hint of ambivalence about her. She she was very definite. She said, "I could never marry an American. They have too much hair on their chest." <laughs> like what kind of movie she'd been watching? You know, Chinese young people get their idea about America from watching old movies. <laughs> and uh, another young lady got up and uh, and she said, I want to marry an American because they can fix things. They even know how to fix their car. <laughs> Probably not anymore. And uh, another young lady, very, very friendly, just a really uh, nice young lady got up and she said, if I really love him, I will follow him to the end of the earth. Boy, she's pretty open-minded. You know, for a Chinese young person to say that. And then she says, but I will take my parents with us. <laughs> yeah, she's Chinese. That's interesting. Uh, when in the cases, situations where I've seen, you know, usually in China, traditionally, uh, in the countryside, families want to have a boy. And I noticed that as soon as I came to China, even in Beijing, you know, you go to a, a grocery store, a big shopping center, a big uh, supermarket, and they advertise anything, you know, the picture for, for babies, and the picture is always a boy, or two boys, you know. It's, it's really, really interesting. They want to have a boy. I had a student uh, at one time when I had students give their names, you know, share their name and what their name means. And one uh, her uh, young lady, uh, she's from Hainan Province actually, and she her, her name was Lian Di. She said, "This means bring a brother." I said, "Your parents named you bring a brother?" You know, she was the first child and she was a girl, supposed to be a boy. <laughs> She said, yes, they named me Bring a Brother, and truly, they did have a son. I'm so proud of my name. <laughs> she was so proud that her name brought them the son they wanted. And the reason is because, you know, traditionally, when they uh, have a daughter, the daughter goes and marries someone else, becomes part of their family. So they want to have a son to take care of them in their old age, you know. Now, that's changing. That's changing. There's, a, there's an interesting... Uh, very interesting change going on, and what you see situations now where you've got a family from the countryside, and the girl is really studious, and she gets really good grades, and she studies very hard on the for the Gaokao, the college entrance exam, gets into a good university, and uh, the boy, you know, he's kind of hanging out with his homeboys and not too serious about studying, and so now you got this girl, she's in the city, she's got a master's degree. A really good job, and she's sending lots of money home. And uh, the boy, you know, he's kind of works and may manage to make, make ends meet, but nothing special. And boy, you know, these people are pretty glad they had a daughter. <laughs> so it's changing. But I remember, uh, you know, I've asked uh, uh, students, a lot of students, you know, what's your dream? What do you want to do in life? What's your dream? Not just students, but people in society. A lot of times I hear, I, I want my parents to be happy. 
Well, of course, uh, who doesn't? You know, we want our parents to be happy, but we don't think of it in that sense. You know, there's a pressure because a lot of places in the countryside they don't really have a a social security network, a safety net, or whatever you want to call it. They don't have good pensions, and so the day they stop working, they're 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 broke. They have nothing. But if they got kids who have really good jobs in the city, you know, you can live in the countryside for a fraction of what it costs. So, you know, extra spending money for 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 their children in the city is a pretty good living in the countryside. So uh, they want to have a son because the daughter she's going to move in with her, you know, with his family and be part of their family. Now there is one exception to that. Very interesting exception to that. If she marries a foreigner, then everybody moves in with the foreigner. <laughs> I've seen several cases of this. Now, some guys don't seem to mind, and others don't like it much at all. But um, so it's 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 uh, it's an interesting. Uh, well, I guess you could say you know China is changing just like America is changing, but it's, it's it's a different kind of change. There's still very much uh, community oriented, but the idea of marriage—it's there's a um, there's still residual effects of arranged marriage, but not nearly as as rigid as in the past. But still, as I said, far too much pressure on uh, young people to find somebody. Uh, I'm much more concerned, though, about America than I am about China. America is clearly a civilization in decline. Uh, the whole idea of marriage is just uh, just completely disintegrating. So uh, it's it's it doesn't look good, and uh, I, I'm, I have a hard time to be optimistic about America. And China, uh, I guess China, as I often say, is at, at a crossroads. Some elements are very good and some questionable. There are a lot of problems, but China is China's direction is much more positive than America uh, because China is church Christianity is growing very rapidly in uh, in China and and uh, family is very important. So they haven't come to the point of completely dispensing with marriage, although. There are people in the cities who are living more, more loose and reckless lives. Okay, you guys, we'll uh, bring it to a close for now. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted online at beijingdiary.podbean.com. That's beijingdiary.podbean.com.